Welcome back to Modern Commerce. I am excited for our guest today, uh, Mrs. Sonia Robinson. We will get into who she is and what she does and why you should listen to her in just a second after a quick word from our sponsors. What's up, everybody? This is John and Casey from ModCom, and I have to show you something, all right? This tool is called Wicked Reports. It's one of the best attribution tools I've ever seen because of this feature called Funnel Vision. It breaks up your ROAS into top, middle, and bottom of funnel. So I'm here in my Facebook ads account and checking out this campaign, V-Day Sale. I'd probably be cutting this thing, right? If I was looking in Ads Manager or if I was looking at First Touch Attribution, I'd be like, you suck, 0.18 ROAS you're out. Uh, but if I look at it middle funnel, it's like one of the best closers. If I look at it bottom of funnel, it's one of the best closers. So that campaign is closing. I got to keep it running. I got to adjust the targeting in there and I got to adjust the creative in there. You know what I'm saying, Casey? John, if you look at the top campaign here, this four pack lob rolls, uh, you can see actually the exact opposite effect. It's, it's bringing people into the account, into this world really effectively, but it's not that closing type. So you kind of need a little bit of both, right? Like this is Can't the Kobe. Close. One you described as the shack, together they make beautiful harmony in your ad account. Yeah, that one's lobbing it up. The other one's throwing it down. If you want to find out which of your campaigns are Kobe's, which ones are shacks, and which ones you should just cut entirely, don't even give them a roster spot, go to wickedreports.com and click the book a demo button. What's up, everybody? Today's episode is brought to you by Monk Commerce. It's a super slick in-cart upsell app. So if I want to buy these New Balance trainers I'm trying to get in shape, I add them to my cart. My cart opens up and it says, hey, look, you're only $5 away from free shipping. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll add this to my cart since you recommended it. And now I got my free shipping. But hold up, I'm only $38 away from a free gift. So why don't I add a pair of size eight new balance trainers to my cart for my girlfriend. She's got bigger feet than me. And now look at this. It actually automatically added that free gift straight to my cart for me. That will all be there when I check out. Super nifty app, super slick, super quick way to increase your AOV. Go to monkcommerce.com. Try it free on your store for seven days. Yeah. What's up? So <laughs> the, the, uh, the, Podcast caught me. Podcast caught me talking to the IG people. So we are live on IG. We're live here on YouTube. Uh, I'm here with Sonia, and I'm excited to have you. As we Thank get you for more, having me. As we get more into this creator series, I am looking for some diversity here. Not like in any kind of the like. Let me reset that. <laughs> Diversity inclusion. I'm all for it. That was man. that was. I mean, we are we. You and I are very diverse. Uh, <laughs> so I am looking for some people who have different backgrounds than me, specifically where my background has been very brand side in working with creators uh, and like working with ads and, and running ads and running marketing and growth for for brands. Your background has actually been more as an influencer and creator. Uh, and what I think is is really interesting about you and why I wanted to have you on and why, you know, maybe we'll have you on more and more as we go is uh, you've actually been able to make, figure out a way to make a, a really solid living, a really solid income, uh, even as a, a small, what, you know, you might call a smaller influencer, right? You've Even across all your platforms, you have maybe 20,000 followers, right? Um, so, I do want to talk to you about that. Sonia, welcome. I know it was, do you feel, how are you feeling? It's a little bit of a whirlwind before, isn't it? Yeah, because I'm like, where, where do I look at? <laughs> like, where do I, I look, look at Instagram? At, no. Do you look at me? Just look at, I, what do I do with I'm my hands? I don't know. Here. I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, but I'm happy to be here. I feel good. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this industry with you guys and a lot about what I learned. And it's interesting how you say, you know, you, you run the ads for the brands, but my main job is to create those ads. So right. talking about like the KPIs and all that stuff, I think we'll be able to have some fun conversations here. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So uh, thanks to everybody watching us on Instagram right now. We are doing the ModCom podcast live. Uh, if you're like getting in here and wondering what the crap, what the heck is going on, that's what's happening. Um, so Sonia, give me your background. Tell me your story, you know, but make it epic though. Like I, I don't, I don't know if you're like a big time podcast listener, but I kind of always hate like people are like, Oh, I started my career in, you know, uh, sales for this company. And it's just like so boring. <laughs> I'm like, I'm already out. Like, can you make it? I didn't tell you beforehand that you were supposed to make it epic, but I'm just, I'm throwing it at you coming in we'll, with a, we'll a high fastball right away. 
Yeah, we'll start with just the basics. So I went to school for healthcare administration, went to to, to, to teach English in Korea after I graduated from college. And then oh. I came back to the States. I was in healthcare consulting for a few years, pivoted, went to full-time uh, personal training, which I still do now part-time. But then I got into creating my personal brand, which is how I even got into content creating in the first place, was creating content for my own personal brand for being a personal, personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And then... As of last year, I pivoted again, going into full time of being a content creator. Technically, my, I guess my title would be creator strategist, UGC creator. So I create content for brands to run either on their social media platforms or as paid ads. And then I do some influencing with my personal brand as well. I like it. Uh, Socially Aziz on Instagram says everything you do is epic. And that was... Oh, thank you, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> I, w- I don't know if I would call your backstory telling <laughs> epic, but I would call it concise. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's what I guess I wish that, you know, more people who are introducing themselves on podcasts, if they're going to be boring about it, at least they could be quick. No, <laughs> you put me to sleep. Do it quickly. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that was that was good. Because, you know, when I think of like healthcare administration, I typically think like that's in, in, in that's very, very related to teaching English in Korea. Super related. Mm-hmm. Uh, hand yeah. in hand. Most of the people I know who major in healthcare administration uh, teach English in Korea or China afterwards, uh, both of which are, are also very related to being a personal trainer and an influencer and creative, creator. So uh, now I'm just kind of wondering, like, why you did the healthcare administration thing? I got bamboozled, man. They, you know, people try to sell you a dream talk, talking about go to, go to college and go into debt for this and then come out and try to live the American dream and... Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't for me. Yeah, no. I, so did you like go to like a bigger school, like where you went into debt, had student loans and stuff like that? Yep. I went to U of I or University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. Mm, yeah, I, I you think of U of I as a different as University of Idaho, but that makes a lot of sense. There's more people in <laughs> Illinois. There's more people in <laughs> Illinois. Casey also went to U of I, but not. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. Casey, we're backstage. <laughs> also went to U of I, but it was in. Moscow, Russia, aka Moscow, Idaho, aka the worst place ever. You don't want to be there. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's a lot of. I, I hear a lot of that in in the industry, in the entrepreneurial industry, right? Like people are like, "Oh, you know, college is this scam," and like, you know, I don't think it's worth it, and we shouldn't do it, and stuff like that. I, I mean, is that where you is that your take on it? Because I, I personally don't have that take. I, I also went to school, got a bachelor's, all of that stuff. I didn't go into debt for it. I was call it lucky, call it something else. I, I had an athletic scholarship. So that was fortunate. Uh, you, were, you were blessed and highly favored. Fortunate and blessed. And I mean, there's not to say there's not a lot of hard work in that there is, but uh, so I didn't go into debt for it. But uh, I also think that, you know, had I not had that, I, I still don't know that I would have gone into debt for it. I probably would have like done like the community college thing and then gone, mm-hmm. you know, probably a smaller school or something like that tried to work tried not to but that like you know that's the kind of stuff that puts you on the 10-year bachelor's program you know what I mean um for sure what's your take on it though so do you are, are you like this college thing like just it's not really worth it don't do it I mean I absolutely love college I think it was a great four years of my life I met yeah man I had a blast in college is a party uh, worth is a part is the party worth as much money as you paid I think so. And the funny thing is I don't even drink alcohol. So like I partied sober throughout college and had the time of my life. Like I was affiliated with, you know, fraternity and an auxiliary group. So like we, we partied hard, but like in terms of the trade-off, like it's a great experience. Like I said, I met some really cool people, still friends to this day, had some great experiences, but I don't think it's necessary to be successful in life. Yeah. Cause like right now I'm not even using my degree. So. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's a good point. Um, I do think that, uh, it is like, so, so first of all, I don't know if you know, do you know any of these people who are like 22 and like super successful and, and like, you know, like make a lot of money and like really driven I see them on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I, who are you? I can't imagine a world where I don't waste my early twenties. Like, what are you doing with, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, so like, that is a good point though. I will say that I do agree with you on the point that I don't think that college is 100% necessary or needed in order to be successful. Um, you know, one of the, one of our kind of live watchers right now, uh, I know I'm, he's a 
childhood friend. Um, he has a college degree too, also had an athletic scholarship. If you have an, if you have an athletic scholarship, you're probably just going to go get a degree. Uh, he works in something that's completely unrelated to his degree. A lot of people mm -hmm. end up working in something that's completely unrelated to their degree. And for a really long time, it was just like, it was the entry fee to get the job interview. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's like, oh, must have four-year degree. And it still kind of is for a lot of jobs. But I think that, uh, and, th and this is maybe where we shift into the creator economy as much as I kind of, I say it every episode and I hate the buzzword every episode. We, you and I, this is what we're going to do. You and I are going to come up with a better thing to call it than the creator economy. Not right now, but I can, I can dig it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the creator economy is kind of representative of a lot of the kind of just job market economy now in that it's like, there's a lot of ways to make money that aren't just apply for a job, interview for job, get hired. Um, mm -hmm. So that four-year degree, that's the entry fee to even get interviewed for that job is a little bit less necessary when there's so many ways that you can make a living. So let's get into that. You're teaching English in Korea and you come back. Sorry, maybe I missed this part of your story. You come back and, and you start being a personal trainer right away. Like what was, tell me the events around like how, like what made you decide to come back? What made you decide to stop doing that? What got you into personal training? So after Korea, I came back to the States and I went, I moved to Chicago for the healthcare consulting job. So I was okay. doing that for three years. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you did use your degree whole, a little bit. That's nice. I did. I did. Um, I did the whole cubicle nine to five thing, going downtown, yeah. hopping on the L and <laughs> where do you life, live? Life, man. I, I live in Chicago. Okay. Um, but after a while I realized like how unhappy I was, especially when you are abroad for two years, living your best life, experiencing all these things, and then right. coming to work in a cubicle, a nine to five, this mundane kind of like monotony of life. And I started competing. So I'm like huge into fitness. So I got into MPC bikini. So I started doing that and I was always at the gym. So I was like, yo, I'm already here. Like, maybe I should start training part time. And then they're like, uh -huh. hey, you get certified. We'll, we'll hire you. I was like, bet. <laughs> so I got certified. They hired me. I did that in tandem for a year. So I was personal training for a year part time and then still doing full time consulting. And then after a year of that, I was like so unhappy with my life and just like what I was doing. I was like, I got to jump ship. So I, I ended up quitting my corporate job to go into yeah. personal training full time. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people get into like trainers, tra trainers that I like, it's, it's a tough, kind of a tough gig, honestly. It is. Um, it I know is. a lot. And it's like, so, so I actually, I've paid for training before, which is kind of, it was very hard for me to do because I was a college mm -hmm. athlete. And yeah. so I was like, I don't need to pay somebody to train me. Like I know what to do. Uh, and I was like, I was a college athlete in like a heavy training sport. I was a track athlete. So okay. like, it, it, it's like, it was very hard, but, but this, this guy actually happened, he like happened to be kind of like a friend. So I was like, oh, I'll help him out or whatever. Um, and so before he got certified, he was like, yeah, I'll train you while I'm getting certified and you can just pay me whatever. Um, you know, and he was like, I'll just like, you know, 50 bucks a session or whatever. I was like, great done, you know? Um, and then he got certified and then I had to pay him through the gym and I had to pay like $200 a session, which I just did because whatever, but he still got paid the same. And so, yeah, like it's like, uh, and I hear that from a lot of trainers. It's like, dude, your days are hard because usually they're like teaching some classes, then they're doing some personal mm -hmm. training and they're like, like it's physically exhausting. You're it's long and you don't actually make that much money. And so, yeah, then yeah. a lot of them start building this kind of online following. Um, so take me from that. Like you start building that you start being a trainer full time. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what led you to being like, I need to, I need to actually like grow my like personal brand. Yeah. So I was at a corporate gym first and then I did that for a couple of years before I actually went independent. So then I would just, I had, I lived in a really nice apartment building, had like a really dope gym. So I would just bring my clients there. And oh, then cool. yeah. after I moved out of there, yeah, I ended up finding an, a boutique gym that I would rent, like just rent out my sessions for. So then I was able to actually get most of my money and not have to give it to the corporate gym. But in tandem, in order for me to find my clients, I would start to build up my personal brand. So yeah. I would say, I don't know, probably like five, seven, eight years ago. That's when I was like heavy into like the educational content with fitness and nutrition and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And that's how I got the, the seed planted with in terms of like learning how to create content. Um, and, you know, back then Instagram was a lot different from what it is now. Like there weren't reels. It was just like very much 
pictures and like the slides yeah. for the the videos. So it was like very simple. And I look back at my old posts and I'm just like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I've come no, a long way. <laughs> it's so so what you what you said is really interesting. So uh in, in e-commerce, like when people sell physical brands with that sell physical products, which I know you work a lot with mm-hmm. a lot of them now. We'll get into that. Um in e-commerce, there is this like there's this group of people who are what we might call Amazon sellers. They sell products on Amazon specifically, mm-hmm. and their biggest complaint is always the same thing as the trainer at the corporate gym. Like they take such a big cut of my money. Amazon takes so much of my money. My margins are already thin because it, my margins have to be really thin in order to even compete. You know, because the same thing in in a gym. It's like, hey, there's ten trainers there. If you charge a bunch more for your sessions, like why is there anybody going to choose you? You know what I mean? Without right. even knowing you. Uh, so you're, you did what is in e-commerce uh, called direct to consumer, where it's like, we're not going to sell yep. through Amazon. We're going to sell directly to the consumer so we can keep all of our money. Uh, the problem with that is that the Amazon sellers don't see is uh, that you have to find the customer then, right? So you're the one who has mm-hmm. to spend either money on ads or resource on, on content, you know, or whatever, like you have to get the eyeballs of the customer. Um, so that was the route you went, which ultimately I think builds a better asset, right? Because it's like, oh, if I can get the customer, then I have the power, right? Uh, but it's, yeah. it's, it's hard, in, in some ways, probably harder. You know what I mean? It's, I think you can probably be comfortable. Like that, I think that's what it happens to a lot of people in life is like, they get into this situation where, you know, whatever they're selling on Amazon or they're, you know, a trainer at a corporate gym and stuff, and they make enough to be comfortable. And yep. that like comfort keeps them from like, pushing and, and doing something more. So yeah, tell me a little bit about then like, so when you were first starting building this following, like, I mean, you're Chicago, you'd bring your clients to, but you had to be get, gaining a following everywhere. Like how, how did you adjust for that? Cause it's like, oh, you know, you can't just can like keep your following only in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, the interesting thing, I think the pandemic helped with that because I had to pivot oh. my business model, right? Like, so I was like doing a lot people. of yeah. virtually. Yeah. So like initially I was doing all, I did a little bit of online training, but not like as much as I was doing, doing now, even, or even the last few years. Yeah. Um, so I had to pivot. So, you know, like being, and I think it was, I mean, it was a blessing in disguise because like before I was focusing on just the Chicago market. And so yeah. being it now I could branch out my services to other people in other places and you know could try and people who lived in Colorado or Florida wherever it may be yeah yeah so I think that uh a good a good point here is that one thing that I tend to believe about uh like creating content building a following on any platform um and it's like I'm, I'm not drinking my own kool-aid here because this isn't what we do with modern commerce uh at modern commerce we do not have anything to sell you uh, we only have things to sell our sponsors, right? And, and so we sell advertising space, we sell sponsors, but we don't have, it, Modern Commerce isn't attached to a business in any way. Um, but I think that like as a marketing arm of a business is the absolute best way to monetize a following like to a small degree. So that's, so so let's start there because the whole point of this episode is to tell people, how do you take a a small following and and turn that into a like significant uh, a significant amount of income. And I think way number one is that, that it is the marketing arm to your business, right? So if you have Mm -hmm. a page where you're creating content and there is a system by which like, okay, when somebody follows me, maybe I reach out to them, I see what they need, right? Like, it's like, this is how I'm generating leads for my business. I think that's way number one, right? And that, and that's where you started Mm -hmm. even probably before you were, when you were under 10,000 followers, you know, um, it was already a way for you to make money because you were using it as the marketing arm of your business. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, do you talk more about that or did I pretty much say it? Yeah, absolutely. No, because it's, you know, like you said, you've got to be able to provide value to the people because the number of followers, it means absolutely nothing. Like I've got, I've, you know, on TikTok, I was talking about like how blessed and fortunate I am to be able to be successful in my first year of doing this full time. And I would have creators who had like 50 K hundred K followers be like, I'm not monetizing. Like I'm not getting paid. How do I get, how do I start making money? Like, how do I start monetizing my platform? It's like, you're, I mean, you're looking at vanity metrics, right? Like views and followers don't equate to money, you know? So for me, in terms of like, 
Yeah, exactly. So for me, in terms of like with personal training, like I had to provide enough value. And even if my following was small, it was still enough to get it monetized to support my personal training business, right? So you start off with a lead magnet, I had to, you know, sign up for this to get a PDF on six ways to lose body fat or whatever my lead magnet was back in the day. Um, <laughs> like I don't even started, remember. You know, I, I, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> I accumulated my email list and I started a newsletter, yeah. you know, and then like, once I stepped away from personal training, like I said, I only do it part time now. And it's only with the select few clients that I've had for years and years. Right. Um, I stepped away from that. But like now that I pivot into UGC and content creating, I'm like, okay, now I got to do that again. But instead of personal training, more so content creating. So, so, so I'm still trying of, to figure that part out. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I think is, is really interesting, uh, is uh, you when when we first got on a call, which wasn't right now. This isn't the first time that we've met. Uh, I I was talking to you about how we are starting to amass quite a few people in our audience who are creators slash influencers. You know, and mm -hmm. and and you in my brain, those two things were like essentially. It's like uh, it's basically semantics. It's different words for the same thing. That's how it was in my brain. And, and you instantly said like, well, I'm a creator, you know, and an influencer, like they're two, they're actually two different things in your brain. Yeah. So talk to me about that. What, what is the difference between a creator and an influencer? Yeah. So I think for influencing people have the general ideas that you're posting on your own personal feed to showcase a product, whether you're, you know, affiliated with that product or just, you know, you're getting paid to promote the product or whatever it may be, if it's gifted exchange for, you know, brand ambassador commissions, whatever it may be, you're posting it onto your real estate to show to your following. So you're tapping into your target audience who should be somewhat similar to uh, and aligned with the actual brand and mm -hmm. targeting them on your real estate rather than with content creating. I have the ability to create content for brands to either put on their social media or to run it as paid ads. So you don't technically see it, even see it on my page unless I like absolutely love the product and I use it on my day-to-day -day basis. And I'll probably yeah. like include it into like a vlog or something or like, you know, what I eat in a day or whatever it may be. Right. Then you post it anyway. So, so essentially the yeah. line being that like a creator is someone who creates content. Some of that content will go on their, on their page or on their channel or wherever they create content. Some of that content mm -hmm. might actually just be for the brand to use. Um, and I think right. this is an important distinction because uh, the next question I want to ask you is you essentially have sort of what I would call three ways you're monetizing your, your following right now. Uh, way one is that you, you do have some personal training clients still from it. Uh, mm -hmm. Way number two is that you are a you like it has allowed you to like kind of leverage and become this UGC content creator for brands, you know, for creating content for them to use on their page um, or mm -hmm. for them to like put as a collaboration or whatever, whatever the deal is. Right. And we'll get into more of that. Like, how does that content creator thing work and how do you get into that? Um, and then way number three is you do actually do that. What you would call being an influencer, right, where you get paid yep. to post something paid to do a brand collaboration. So the question that I want to ask you is, let's say you were just focusing on that influencing piece, which I think a lot of a lot of people building a following anywhere mainly focus on the influencing piece where they're like, mm -hmm. I want to build my following and create a bunch of content. And then I want to, you know, post stuff or sell ad space or whatever it is uh, to monetize that. That's what I think the model is to a lot of people. Tell me sure. you know, right now, I know that you, you've said, you know, you've been, you were able to make six figures a year uh, or six figures last year, even in your first year of just doing UGC full time. If you were just doing that influencer, if that was your only way of monetizing, how would you, how well would you be monetizing on, on the size following you have? Not as well as uh, if it had not been for my UGC business. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, is, <laughs> it, for sure. is it even close? Not even close. Yeah. So, so I mean, even, like nowhere close, I would say may, not even probably on the influencing side, not even five figures. Yeah. So maybe no, four, so, four figures. Yeah. Which is that's line. That's that's ex that's exactly right. Right. Because because you are I mean, your following is good. It's engaged. It's uh, it's like a, I'm not, you know, not knocking it. But it's not mm -hmm. huge, right? And and yeah, typically, if I'm uh, from the brand side, I'll give you this insight. From the brand side, if you 
you know, Sonia comes up to me and says, Hey, you know, you're the, you're the marketing director. You're the CMO of this company that has this product that I like, and I would like to promote it on my page. Here's my prices. I'm going to look at the size of your following. I'm going to ask you some questions like how many views, views do your stories usually get, you know, when you do a mm-hmm. swipe up or they're called something else. Now, when you link out in your stories, uh, how many clicks does it usually get, right? You're going to give me all of that. And, and literally with the size following you have, like, I couldn't pay you that much. Otherwise the ROI yeah. wouldn't be there for me. Right. We're talking about a couple hundred bucks and, and, and a couple hundred bucks. That's great. You know, I'm not, that's fine, but think about having to run down, you know, a living's worth of couple hundred dollar deals. That's so mm-hmm. many brands like that. Yeah. And then your, your page would be full of just Promotion. sponsorships. Yeah. And, and like, then your following wouldn't be engaged. Somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then your following would typically be those posts, those posts always get the least amount of game and engagement anyways, you know? Right. Right. And then your whole page would be full of them. And even if they're just buying stories, you know, so that your page isn't full of them still, those stories are like, you know, if you have a bunch of like stories that are ads essentially right in a row, then people stop like following your story. Then your story starts, you know, stops being like toward the front of their feed. Right. So this is, Mm -hmm. it's all stuff that like trying to monetize that way is like this really weird non flywheel where you have to chase down more deals and then the more deals you chase down, the more stuff that you have to post that's promotional. And then the less engaged your following is, and then the less valuable you are to those deals and then the less Mm -hmm. you get paid from them. And then you have to chase down more and more. And it's just, it does not fly well. Um, So I think that, uh, and, and this just, I guess seemed obvious to me, but maybe it's not to a lot of creators and influencers, like the main way that you're going to monetize a following that is if you don't want to if you're like modern commerce like us and you don't really want to attach it to bit to a business we don't really want to have an agency you know we had mm-hmm. an agency that's how modern commerce started we had an agency uh we don't want to have an agency anymore we want modern commerce to be content for content's sake we just want to create content on it and we do want to sell ad spots right like we do want to monetize in that way but we could never pay the bills that way the main right. way is to be essentially like a UGC content creator or a just a, like a what you would deem a creator as opposed to just an influencer. So tell me how you got into that. Yeah. So um, I took, you know, little hodgepodge of everything. I took the, the creative skill set to be able to create content. I took the business mindset of being an entrepreneur. And then I took the... I took the, my own learning of psychology, human behavior, marketing, all that science and just smashed it all together, right? Because mm-hmm. I see a lot of people are like, oh, well, I create content. I can become a UGC creator. And then you check out the portfolio and then you're like, mm, just because you have an iPhone don't make you a content creator. Like <laughs> there is an, uh, an art behind this, right? Like brands, the whole point of creating content for brands is to make them conversions, right? So if you're over yeah. here just like, holding up a product or like showing me a product, but there's no direct response marketing behind it. If you're not like emotionally being able to connect with me to show me there's a problem that it is a solution. Cause I might not even know that it is a problem. Right. So I might not even know I have the problem. So like, why would I even think that your product can be the solution? So if you don't have the basic understanding behind that, I don't think that you're going to be successful in this field as well as being an entrepreneur. Like, cause you just think, you know, like, on TikTok, especially like within the last year, UGC creators have like blown up massively. And you have a lot of creators talking about like, oh, my first year I made or my first month I made four figures or blah, blah, blah. My first month I made $800. Okay. Like I didn't make a lot of money my first month. By month four, I hit five figures. So it took a while, but by month two, I was making four figures, like close to $7,000. So like from one, one month to the next, like a huge difference. But again, it's the, the science behind it in terms of understanding direct response marketing and having the entrepreneur mindset because it's not for the week. Like anyone who's an entrepreneur knows that this it's a roller coaster ride, right? Yeah. Like you're going to have good months. You're going to have not so good months, but like consistency at the end of the day is what's going to rule out a good creator, right? So um, I would say getting started in this, I one perfected my craft. So understanding how to create good content, good engaging content was the first key. And then I would just post my work everywhere. Like on Twitter, I use Twitter. Twitter is my equivalent of LinkedIn. So that's like my networking, my creative space. 
And I would just keep my Instagram and I would post just my normal day-to-day content because that could portray my actual content creating skills. And then I started to really understand, again, the psychology behind like human behavior, direct response marketing. And I was able to portray that into the the content that I created for the brands. And then they saw that I was starting to get them good, you know, KPIs, good ROAS. And now I work this whole entire time I've worked strictly on inbound. I've did one cold email outreach and that was a gifted collaboration as well. So this whole entire year I've worked strictly on inbound brands coming to me, wanting to work with me and like the sky's the limit. Yeah. So I do want to, I, I love that. I love the story. So I, I want to just take a second, shout out everybody who is watching live on IG, watching live on YouTube, watching live on LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever you're watching live. Uh, if you, um, a certain platforms, I can't see your comments. So I think LinkedIn and Twitter specifically, I can't see your comments. Um, but if you guys have any questions for us, if you have any questions for like specific questions for Sonia about like, okay, well, how did you like first get these deals? Like, how did you get started? Whatever it was, um, feel free to drop them in the chat. If you drop them in the Instagram chat, I'll see them. If you got drop them in the YouTube chat, I will see them. And I, I don't know if I can see them in the LinkedIn chat, but, uh, so, so the thing that, yeah, I, I think my, my next real question for you is like, so, so what does that mean when you say, uh, that you perfected your craft? Because I think you're making a really good point. And I, I think that the question on everybody's mind is, okay, well, how do you get your first deals as a content creator? Um, the mm-hmm. question on everybody's mind is that, and I want to get to that, but I, when you start, you said, I started by perfecting my craft. Uh, what do you mean when you say that? Because I think that is actually incredibly important. Like if you go get a deal and, and you're not actually like, you don't actually have the tools and skills and knowledge to like get, make them make that company an ad or a piece of content that's going to convert for them, then that's not, you know, then, then it's not going to help you. Exactly. <laughs> You're not going to get more business. That's what that's going to mean. Yeah. Um, perfecting my craft is just making content and then making it in an engaging way. Like, and you can make content out of anything, you know, like you yeah. can do daily vlogs. You can do what I did in a day. You can do your workout routine. You can do a get ready with me. You could do whatever you're passionate about. You can make content about it, but it's again, at the end of the day, how engaging is it? How compelling is it? How entertaining is it? How educational is it? What value can it bring to whoever is watching it in order for them to actually watch it? Right. Yeah. I, I think um, it's the, I think that like, I don't know how to like really get this point across. So I'm just going to say it as straightforward as I can. If what you're doing is posting something, you know, that is growing your following or maybe isn't growing your following, you know, I don't know. Uh, and then you're just like, my hope is that you know, certain brands will come to me and just want to buy a post or just want to buy something like that. Um, Or, you know, I can outreach to them and tell them, oh, I want to be a UGC creator for you. That Instagram page that you have or the TikTok like account that you have, that is just Mm -hmm. a working, living, breathing portfolio. You don't have to send them a portfolio work. Maybe you do, but uh, like you don't have to send them a report. You just look at my Instagram. Like you can tell whether yeah. I'm a creator you want to work with or not. And they can look at your Instagram and instantly tell like, oh, this is someone who gets it, who gets my market, who speaks mm-hmm. to my market, knows how to like do a product promotion, you know, uh, and doesn't just like say it, right? Like some people, yeah. I, mean, I, I think about podcasters specifically, but Instagrammers do this too, right? Where it's like, they're just like literally like trying to read something like this. They have no a passion script. about the product. And it's Mm -hmm. a script and maybe the script was written by someone who knows what they're talking about, hopefully, or knows what they're doing, hopefully, but like the creator themselves actually isn't delivering it because they don't know how to do that. And that's not how they create content on a day-to-day basis. So what you're talking about is like, I like direct response marketing principles, like hook somebody, catch their attention, give them a Mm -hmm. lead, give them a reason to keep watching, keep them engaged throughout the piece of content, all of that stuff. And then by the end of the content that you've built enough like desire and interest that hopefully they want to get that thing that you're talking about or do that thing that you're talking about, or they're just happy enough watching your content. They're just happy they watched your content, right? And they watched all the way through to the end of your two minute long daily vlog or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like just practice that day in and day out and it like it's just uh, then getting business as a UGC creator is a lot easier and fulfilling on the business is a lot easier the other thing it does is I mean it just creates opportunity for you 
Absolutely. Yeah. Opportunities you would never even think about. Like yeah. point in case, I just had a collaboration with Home Depot and yeah. that like blew my mind, you know, like they wanted me to create a meditation space. And I, if you look at my personal brand, I'm all about like health, wellness, mental health, self-care, mm -hmm. all that stuff. So the fact that Home Depot reached out to me was like, hey, we want you to make two videos for us. We're going to post it on our, our Instagram page. Like you can go to Home Depot right now and check it out. I'm on there. Yeah. Um, but like the fact <laughs> that they came to me and I was like, yo, this is a blessing. Like, thank you universe. Like right. my content speaks for itself. Like I did not have to do any cold outreach. Like I did outreach like in January of last year, when I was still part-time before I decided to switch over my personal training website to house my actual portfolio. So I've done outreach. And one of my most successful outreach was to the vitamin shop. I was creating content for vitamin shops, TikTok page. Those were, that was like my first actual, like real client before I decided to jump ship and go full-time. And yeah. then my real first client that I did when I was actually full-time actually started because it was a gifted collaboration and so yeah. I did a gifted collaboration but then they saw my work and they were and that was more even influencer based but they saw the, the quality of my work and they were like hey we have an idea how about you create content for us and I was like this couldn't have came at a better time right <laughs> um so so I want to do talk I do want to talk to you a little bit about the outreach side um and uh because that that's where I think a lot of people are like all right well how do I get it I'm sold on the idea of like I can't just be an influencer mm -hmm. I have to be a creator I'm sold on that idea um I have some stuff I can share about like how we've done some outreach and and I think this is fun because you you and I are we're, we're sort of different kinds of creators like uh we're more in like the podcast YouTuber vein right and you and you're a little bit more in the in in modern commerce just one of our shows we also have a sports show and that's what I'll get into when I talk about how to do an outreach um mm -hmm. but but like you're you're kind of more in like the lifestyle Instagram TikTok space which we're not really in um mm -hmm. so let let's talk a little bit about okay you know what if you want to get a deal going if you want to get some action going as a UGC creator if you want to actually make more of a living as some kind of creator um how how, how can we outreach I, I know that you said like I'm not doing a lot, a lot now um but if it's like all right you know I, I'm a big proponent of take your destiny into your own hands and do some outreach how did you do it how For did sure. you know about it yeah so when I first started like I said my when I did it in January before, when I still part-time with UGC creating, I found some brands I actually use in my day-to-day -day life. Vitamin Shop. I've been a, like a hardcore customer of Vitamin Shop on auto delivery every month subscription. Like I walked to Vitamin Shop every month, whatever. Like I was there. So when I emailed them, I was like, hey, I've been a longtime customer. I've, you know, been a fan of your guys' products, blah, blah, blah. My name is X, Y, and Z. This is what I do. But... They don't care about who you are. They care about what you can do for them, right? So then I explained like, hey, I'm a, one, I'm a personal trainer. So I have the educational background to be able to create content. And I am a content creator. So I can combine the two to create some content for you guys to house on your, your uh, social media channels. And they were like, let's yeah. try it out. And that turned out into like a long, not a long term, but like I would say like a, a five or six month long partnership where I was creating like two videos a month for them on a, on a regular basis. So yeah. I think if you're going to do outreach one, make sure you do the research on the actual brand and not just do some, there's a lot of creators out here in the space that have these templates, they're pitching templates and I'm sure they're successful because they're selling it. But like if you're re reaching out to a, a popular brand or getting like email lists from creators who are saying like, Hey, these brands are working with other creators, email them. They're going to get a whole bunch of pitches on a weekly, monthly, daily basis, right? So like, right. what's gonna separate you from the other person, from the other Jane Smith, right? So yeah. one, talk about yourself, but also talk about what you can do for the brand because at the end of the day, the brand doesn't care about you, they care about what you can do for them. And at the end of the day, they care about conversions. So how can you bring that to the table? So at least know that you have an idea of what you're talking about in terms of why I'm creating content for you. It's not just, I love creating content and I can, make aesthetically pleasing content for you. Okay, well, so sh can she, like, what, what's, yeah. what's the difference? It's like, well, my content can actually get you more followers, brand awareness, build community, get you conversions, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I think uh, I heard somebody say the other day, don't sell somebody 
content. Don't sell somebody a service, right? Whatever the service is. Don't mm-hmm. sell them, you know, email marketing as a service. Don't sell them making content for their TikTok or their Instagram as a service. Sell them, if you can, ideally, sell them getting rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to make you rich, yeah. right? Like, much, much easier to sell, right? Like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, content, okay, what does it cost? Like, you're thinking about that in a value exchange as a consumer, of that or as a potential customer, you think about that in a, in a value exchange kind of way you're, where you're like, what am I going to get and how much does it cost? You know, mm-hmm. if you can shift, you can shift as a creator, as, a, as an influencer. So think about what you're trying to do on your Instagram, on your YouTube, whatever. If you can shift from like, okay, how can I go from selling, you know, hey, an ad spot or a piece of content or making content for someone else or outreaching? Like, how can my offering be more like, I'm going to get you what you really want right and it's easier if you understand what they really want that's going to be the number one way Mm -hmm. i'm going to share a way that we've outreached recently that i think uh is another great way right so and and i've heard of creators doing similar things i don't know if you've ever done anything like this so we actually for our sports podcast which is more of a like a it's kind of like a live streaming there's our sports podcast there's a whole vibe to it but uh we that this earlier this week we shot a pilot for for a company that we want to collaborate with right so there's a lot in sports there's a lot of content around like daily fantasy and daily betting and stuff like there's a lot of fantasy and betting content right DraftKings, fan mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um so there's this other company uh that does uh, they've actually created like a stock market marketplace for athletes where you can like invest in them and make money and stuff like that it's kind of cool and so we're like well what if we created one of those there's there's nobody doing content as like youtube live stream content that's like daily fantasy daily betting for that what if we did that like we have we essentially create this like show where you know it's the same as like somebody talking about stock market and what to invest in and stuff like that but we do it for for them um and so Mm -hmm. we did it earlier this week we reached out so we just made the pilots 45 minutes long you know so like podcast basically made the pilot then reached out to them and we're like hey we'd like to collaborate with you on this cold reach out on linkedin and their director strategy was like this is super awesome set up a call with us right so like that's like a great that's a great way probably to get in the door is like if you can create something for them one it tells them like this isn't just an everyday outreach where somebody did a hundred of them um Mm -hmm. you know and that because and i'm not saying volume isn't good volume is good right so so to reach out to more people is probably going to help you but but if you kind of keep it tighter like you said like look for stuff that you actually use in your everyday life reach out to Mm -hmm. those people that reach out to those companies that have stuff that you actually use in your everyday life and you're like i really want to work with them how do i stand out from everyone else that's cold emailing them cold dming them yeah Uh, probably with some content you've already created is a great way to do that. Right. Cause then they know it's like mm-hmm. this is for us, you know, have you ever done anything like that? Or- yeah. Yeah. Like I will post stuff in my stories and tag brands all the time just to, right. cause I use them in my day to day. And then that gets you on their radar as well. That's another really good technique to use for um, in terms of just getting on the brand's radar. Another one that I've, I've been using <clears throat> in terms of like switching from turning in paid or gifted collaborations into paid collaborations too. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a whole nother story, but what I want to talk about is one, cause I had one a brand reach out to me on an, in, a gifted influencer basis. And I was telling me, her like, Hey, I'm not, t- tell me what you mean by a gifted, right now. tell me what you mean by a gifted influencer basis. So she wanted to send me product and then I would for in exchange for product, I would, post something on my TikTok page. Um, And so I was saying, hey, I'm not accepting gifted collaborations right now. And I took a look at their actual social media and I saw from a creative strategist standpoint what they could do to implement a better marketing strategy for themselves. So I actually told that brand, I was like, hey, I'm looking at your content and, you know, I'm a UGC creator and a lot of your stuff right now is just product base. And people connect with other pe- people. We want to human- humanize your actual product offerings. So I think it would be very beneficial if you started using more of your customers within your actual social media marketing strategy. And then that translated into a call where her and I talked on, you know, we had a, a one-on-one where we're just like, what can I do for you to help with your brand to grow? Um, so I sent her a proposal. I'm still waiting to hear back from her, but like, that's yeah. another really good tactic to use is like looking at the brand's 
actual social media and seeing like what they're missing and what, cause you're the consumer, right? And like brands are gonna listen to the consumer cause you're the actual target audience. So if you can offer something like, hey, we got to humanize something. Like all you're doing is posting graphics and products of just the picture. Nobody like buys a product for the product. They buy a product because the experience it can give them, the feeling that they can right. give them, the time that they save, the money they save, whatever it may be. But nobody buys a product just to buy a product, right? So it's like, how can you, what can you offer to that brand to actually like humanize that product too? Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they have to, people have to like see themselves achieving whatever it is they want to achieve from using that product, right? Like, hey, here's the mm -hmm. outcome I want, right? whatever it is. I want to lose weight. I want to feel better. I want to sleep better. I want to be happier. I want to, I don't know, whatever. Feel confident. Feel yeah. confident, right? Those, there's, some, there's some motivations that are core to every human and, and are valuable. And, and we've covered them on some past episodes um, where we go like really heavily into direct response marketing. But, but, but basically all of our purchases are driven by that, right? It's either, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's either some form of status or some form of pain relief usually. Um, yep. And, and so it's like, if you can really tap into like, what is it that people are buying when they buy this product? Are they buying status? Are they running away from a pain? Are they running toward a pleasure? Um, and you can get that and the, and the company's not really getting it then then you can make their content better whatever that is whether yep. it's their or organic content or whether it's their ads um so yeah i mean i think it's a it's a great one the other thing i think that comes to fruition from this is um you get so so for us uh, earlier when we were talking about like that influencer model where you say all right i'm just going to post i'm going to grow a following on some channel and then i'm going to sell ad spots or sponsorships Again, mm -hmm. not saying we don't do that. You do that. We do that. Okay. Like good way to monetize. Um, but like I was kind of talking about how that doesn't flywheel, right? Because it's like the more ads and sponsored stuff that you do, the less engagement that you get because like too much of yep. your content is that. Um, and then the less engagement you get, the more deals that you have to chase. Right. And so it like, it gets harder and harder um, over time. Something that does flywheel though is is being a content creator because oftentimes, you know, like you're still monetizing as an influencer. Uh, so a lot of times with being a content creator, you can end up being a collaborator as well, right? So mm -hmm. again, here's another here's another great example. Um, Modern Commerce right now is working on um, with with a brand called Ondar that sells, you know, everyday carry goods like wallets and bags and stuff that. I've talked about this one before. Um, we're working on doing a creator series with them because they they have a lot of content nice. creators. They have they have a lot of content creators and brand ambassadors and stuff like that, and and those are really valuable to them. They want to give them some content, plus attract more of them and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. So we're working on doing this creator series with them. That is that that's a flywheeled thing, right? Because now we're talking about some form of value exchange and money, some way of us, you know, modern commerce um, making money and you know paying the bills and doing all that stuff that you're looking to do as a creator and influencer. Also, we get to tap into their audience and they get to tap into our audience, right? And so yep. we reach new people, they reach new people, both audiences grow. So we get paid to grow our audience if we just look at our side of it. And if we look at their side of it, they like pay, right? So there's that, but there there's so much more reach than they would normally get. And there's so, and like, it's a leveraged reach, right? So it's not just people who might mm -hmm. buy the product. It's people who might buy the product and promote the product, right? Which is huge. Right. right? Um, so it, yeah, look for those double leverage points. Like that's what flywheels you as a creator, right? So when you're like talking to vitamin shop or someone like that, and you're like, oh, I'm a, you know, UGC creator, you start doing like, you know, their social media stuff, you know, it, it's not that weird for you to add yourself as a collaborator or for you to tag yourself in some of their content, mm -hmm. not like maybe not too much, but like sometimes, and then you get or access just to their audience. simply resharing it. Yeah. Or simply resharing yep. it on your own stories. Like, cause if I make the create the content and you post it, yeah. you're kind of a big brand of, I'd be happy to reshare it. I want people yeah. to know I made the content. <laughs> then they're going to get access to your audience and they share yep. that, that you're going to get access to their audience then. So that is flywheeled because you're essentially paying to grow your audience. And then the bigger your audience grows, the bigger your asset of being both a creator and an influencer is, right? Um, mm -hmm. So then the business grows over time. That's what you're looking for really in all of businesses, what, what I would call flywheels, right? Things that yeah. like, both sides of it make it faster. Um, we yeah. got a question. Got to send my question here from a YouTube watcher. 
I'll pull it up on YouTube, but I will read it for those watching on Instagram. <clears throat> I have uh, 18.8 thousand followers on my meme page. I'm definitely listening. Uh, so this is an interesting one because you're not from the meme page background. I'm not from the meme page yeah. background. How can we take the principle we're talking about right now and uh, apply it to a meme page? I specifically know what niche this meme page is in because I know that person. Um, oh. So, so if you want that context, I can give it to you. It it makes the question. Let's hard. hear it. It it makes the yeah, question harder. You ready for it? Okay. <laughs> It's an, it. it's, a, it's an insurance agent meme page. So it's a meme page specifically okay. for insurance agents. It's stuff that insurance agents will find funny. Um, Got it. So taking the concept we're talking about of like shift yourself from being an influencer to being a creator. How do you apply mm -hmm. that to something like a meme page? That's interesting because like I, I was seeing somebody on Twitter talking about like how he has a business model where I think he earns like 10 to 20 a month, 10 to 20 K a month because he has a themed page on Instagram. I don't know what the theme is, but basically people will pay him to promote, like to post on, you know, it's like one of those theme pages where, you know, like example, if it's a, a big fitness page and you're like, Hey, I want to be shown on your page because you have a large audience and you show a whole bunch of different like fitness people. Right. So maybe something like that. I don't know if that's the same thing as, as what he's doing. Yeah. Theme page, but utilizing his, yeah. So utilizing his real estate and having other people who want maybe other people who are creating means and they want to you yeah. know grow their following that way. Saying like, well, if you want me to showcase your meme, I've got eighteen thousand folks that I could post your actual page or your post on my platform, and you can yeah. monetize that way. So you can charge people in order to post their stuff on your page. Yeah. So I think that's one way. And that's, that's actually kind of the influencer model, right? It's a pay to post. Uh, but what mm -hmm. we're doing there is we're essentially, instead of saying, we're going to post a product, which is going to make your engagement go down, you, you're going to reshare content that is the same as the content that you already post, right? So if it's memes yeah. or funny stuff, then you're going to reshare other memes or funny stuff so that the engagement won't go down. Um, and you can keep, be paid in two ways on that, in my opinion. Uh, you can be paid in money or you can be paid in clout, right? So if you have an 18,000 mm -hmm. follower page, and they have a 25,000 follower page, then you guys can just collaborate together or do a swap, right? Both of you grow. Um, or, you know, if they have a smaller page, 500, 1,000 people, then, then yeah. you can post their stuff and that's going to grow them and you can charge something for that. That's going to be a small monetization opportunity. You know, they're, they're going to have a little bit of money that they can pay you for that. Um, another thing I can think of that's maybe more within the realm we're talking about of like, how do you shift to being a content creator instead of uh, just an influencer? I think that, uh, you could look for, look who uses meme pages as the, it's, it's what we said at the beginning. We said, Hey, the best way to monetize any following anywhere is if it's the marketing arm of a business, right? Mm -hmm. So if it's not the marketing arm of your business, then who uses meme pages as the marketing arm of their business? Um, yeah. Who comes to mind for me is uh, usually it's like apparel companies, like funny apparel, stuff like that. Um, so like there's meme pages like Shithead Steve and stuff like that. Um, I actually know a guy who has like a meme page for dogs and he sells this dog product, right? Um, he CBD companies, because a lot of them CBD or like specifically THC companies uh, can't advertise. So a lot of times they're right. using meme pages to grow. So you could look mm -hmm. into that and say, could I... Could, are any of them not doing it well or are any of them not doing it at all? And then could I like do that for them? Right. So that's another yeah. way is, is you actually like get paid to create for someone else. Um, or if there's anyone else in, if there's any bit like it, even better, if it's adjacent to your business. Right. So if it's like, Hey, there's a, a company, you know, like if I have a sports meme page and there's some kind of like, bar stool or something like that that has apparel you know it's like okay then i can take over and do it to, for them get you know paid to create for them and also there's a potential collaboration where i may get access to their audience as well that's the ultimate that yeah. you look for right um but that i think that's the main page is tough because it's not an actual personality and brand like it's very much just mm -hmm. there, there for the last there. product yeah 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 so, yeah, so try, trying to monetize off of entertaining entertaining content is kind of a, a hard one because it's like how yeah. like what are you actually selling <laughs> yeah so so that's a good point is like it, it in content in general you can 
entertain, you can educate, you can inform. So educate and inform. Inspire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some people might combine those. I would say uh, educate is more like I'm going to teach someone how to do something or like what they can Mm -hmm. do or whatever. What we're doing right now is educating. Informing's, I see it more as like news, right? Uh, Keeping people. Yeah. Uh, and you can inspire people. That's another way that you can write. So those are kind of, you can entertain, educate, inform, or inspire. Is there something else missing? Those are telling. Yeah. Storytelling is becoming really, really popular now, especially on TikTok. So, so story, I would typically say story is a form of entertainment, um, or it's some form of it's like relatable. Yeah. Right. It's some form of doing all of those. Uh, if the kind of content you are making is, purely entertainment it's number one it's just entertainment it's not educational informative or inspirational at all uh inspirational like we can leave that out but if it's just entertainment i it's the it's the fastest and easiest way to like grow a big audience right because it's like Mm -hmm. oh people can it's just mindless they can share it and it's you know they can laugh at it it gets a lot of engagement it's probably the hardest to monetize at small levels right yeah so specifically creating informative or educational content is probably easier to monetize at small follower levels would you agree with that or no like i mean debate no i would agree can you can you give me where where am i not where where's my blind spot on that opinion no i mean i would i agree because at least with the educational stuff you could easily make some type of small digital product right and you could sell that easily like how's it on your website etsy store whatever it may be like people are gonna wanna if you can market it correctly like people even with inspirational stuff if you say like oh i live my life and i do a gratitude journal i can make a digital copy of a a gratitude journal and inspire people to live a healthier life and they will purchase that but in terms of entertaining if i'm just over here dancing in front of a you know these tiktok trends what can what can I sell exactly? Well, so. Yeah. What, what, how does that ultimately monetize? And some of the platforms are getting better at helping creators monetize just on their own. Right. So, so I do mm-hmm. know a guy who is more of like a, and, and we might, we're probably going to have him on the creator series. Um, you know, so if you're, if you little plug, uh, if you are into <laughs> that, then make sure you follow me on Instagram. You follow Modcom podcast on Instagram or whatever platform you on, follow us on whatever platform you're on. And we'll, you'll probably, you know, see it at some point down the road. Uh, but he was a TikToker who got big during the pandemic doing the trend stuff. He actually started one of the trends. Um, okay. And and he's got like 700,000 on TikTok or something like that. And uh, he he actually then has now gotten hired full time at Ondar as their their like social, like their creative director, basically. Cause they're like, oh, no. oh, can you do that for us? Right. <clears throat> yeah. But he's like, he's struggling with it. Cause he's like, I don't know. I just did this trend thing. Like how do you relate that to a product? And that's exactly what we're talking about. If all you're doing is just like mm-hmm. going for that entertainment, going for those eyeballs, it does become harder to like monetize that to, to sell with that and stuff. It, it's a, it's a mass numbers game, right? So it's amassing lots yeah. and lots and lots and lots of eyeballs. And then some small percentage of them will monetize for you. Um, but yeah, yeah, like that was, that's kind of where he's at, but there, some of the platforms, like I was saying at the beginning have gotten better. So like he said, you know, usually if he goes live on TikTok for a little bit, he'll make a few hundred dollars just from his like followers, uh, giving him mm-hmm. tips and stuff like that. And so some of the platforms have made it easier, I think to monetize. Um, but it is, it's hard to like bridge the gap between that purely entertainable enter- entertaining purely for last stuff and trying to sell something. Right. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, all right. So I think, you know, we can wrap up here and we're, we're in about an hour here. So this is fun. I think I, IG might actually kick us off at an hour. They don't let you go live more than an hour. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I haven't done a live in a long time. You learned something <laughs> new today about Instagram. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, this was fun. This was a really good one. Um, let us know in the comments, in the chat, on IG, whatever. Do you want to see more of this? Uh, we have a podcast where we bring on entrepreneurs, creators, e-commerce brand owners, things like that. Um, do you want to see more Sonia? That's, you know, uh, if you want to Say see yes. more Sonia, let's, then, let's, Say yes. <laughs> then let's bring you back as kind of a regular guest host. Uh, just because, like I said, like I don't know that creator world as well. I think as you do. And I think that you have a lot better advice for people who are like, I'm building a following, I'm creating content. How do I how do I one grow the following and two monetize it? Right. Um, so let us know. Sonia, 
thank you so much for being on today. We have a tradition. At thank Modern you for having Commerce. me. We have a tradition at Modern Commerce. Sorry, I should have let you talk there. <laughs> no, I was just um, saying thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. We do a part, we do what we call a parting shot. So it's a TLDR for the episode. If you don't take anything else away, it'd be like, think of it like the sound bite. You know what I mean? Like if we're just going to pull out the okay. sound bite. If you don't take anything else away from this episode, take this away. You want to take a shot at it? Let's do it. All right. Let's go. Go for it. All right. If you don't take anything from this episode, at least take this. There is a a good way to monetize in creating content. Um, like I said, my first year in, I hit six figures working all inbound. First month I made $800. And then by month four, I was making five figures. I'm not saying it's easy, this easy for everyone, but there is a network here. And if you tap into it and you utilize your skill sets, you will be able to be successful in it for sure. Amazing. Perfect parting shot. Uh, Instagram live has now kicked us off. I think, Oh no, we're good. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're so good. I got like a little on. If you guys are watching on Instagram, please follow me, follow modern commerce, follow. If you are on LinkedIn, follow us there. If you're on Twitter, follow us there. I should have tagged you in the tweet. I'm sorry about that. Um, if, good. <laughs> watching this on youtube please like the video and then subscribe to the channel and then hit that little bell i i need a bell what is a bell is it like that you need to get a, a real bell into <laughs> like oh. the old school one <laughs> yeah hit, yeah so so hit the bell ding 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 uh so that you get notifications every time that we are live and we're having conversations like this especially if you want to see that creator series um and if you're listening on an audio platform like spotify or apple Podcasts or something like that uh then please rate the show st five stars um if you're not going to rate it five stars then that's fine just don't rate it uh rate it five stars and leave a review and uh, we appreciate you. We will see you next time.